0: You're listening to a DM podcast. But I also would like to um, engage in a bit of fun with my, with the person I interview because I don't want it to be like an interrogation or a job interview because that's intimidating. <laughs> yeah, that's I've right. also made a desire to have this podcast to be a space where, where choices and opinions of all kinds are welcome Amazing. and free without, without fear of being judged ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Today's guest is someone who is a dear friend of Shane Jacobson, one of my previous guests. This gentleman is one of Australia's most popular actors, and just to be clear, he's not the basketball player from America. (laughs) So, without further ado, let's all give a warm welcome to Stephen Curry, the comedian and actor... Not the basketball player.
1: Not the basketball. I thought you were about to say LeBron James. There, the plumber from Croydon. Um, that's great. I'm. Um, I, I'm. I'm really chuffed. That's a really lovely intro, uh, Michael. Can that's I tell all right, you? Stephen. Can I tell you something? Yes. I. Um. This thing about I. my name is spelt exactly the same as, of course, as you mentioned, Stephen Curry, the basketballer. And yep. a few years ago. We share the same agent, acting agent, you and me, Michael. We should actually oh, yes. explain this to the to the listeners at home. And our agent, Catherine, received a lovely embossed invitation for me to attend the White House with Barack Obama and Michelle Obama for dinner. Wow! Yeah, yeah, That's and I impressive. went. Yeah, and I thought I didn't know they were such huge fans of the Nugget. Um, turns out they're not. Turns out they thought I was the basketballer and the person in their department who gives out the invites just got it so wrong that they ended up sending the (laughs) the invite to the wrong Stephen Curry. It was pretty hard to take. Oh, boy. I'll be honest. And the thing is, I'm older than him, so I'm the original. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah. And I I can't do three-pointers like he can do, but I can, you know, I'm still the original Stephen Curry. Yeah, of course.
0: Mm. The first one. That's right. And so, how are you doing and your family?
1: Oh, I'm great, thank you for asking, mate. We uh, we live up in the, as you mentioned, up near. Uh, well, uh, Shane Jacobson uh, and our family live up in the Macedon Ranges, and um, his family were actually very instrumental in us moving up here. So we um, we were we were living in the city of Melbourne, and and we just decided we needed a change a few years ago, and now we're up here, and it's the best thing we've ever done. Yeah, seems like a very very quiet place over there in spite of how terrible the Wi-Fi is uh, yeah it is lovely but well, this is the thing it is terrible the Wi-Fi is terrible at my house that's why I've snuck into my friend's shed up the hill because he's got a direct line to the to the Wi-Fi tower and so now we won't have dropouts so you're in you're in Wollongong aren't you yes of course and how's your family going and how's the is it nice and quiet up there for you well it's
0: Reasonably quiet where I am, yep. and my family is doing quite well actually. Oh, my right. parents are just you know in their nine to five jobs, and so is mm-hmm. my sister, mm-hmm. and she's also starting a bit of a baking business here at home. Your sister is,
1: yeah. Oh, fantastic! What is, what sort of stuff does she bake?
0: Oh, she makes cakes and oh. and cupcakes as well. Oh. She mostly does it for um, people's birthdays and. Oh, other kinds of things. That's dangerous. But do you eat do you eat a lot of her cupcakes? Not always, but oh, it's man. it's not really dangerous because oh. I've actually seen her make it make them at home. Oh. If my
1: sister had a cupcake business, I tell you what, she wouldn't be selling a lot of those cupcakes because I'd be swooping in and eating them all. I love cupcakes. Yeah. I really do. Do you love cupcakes? Everyone loves them. Yeah. Hmm? You do you love cupcakes? To a degree, yeah, but I don't really have a sweet tooth though. Oh, okay, because I was going to say that's a thing we have in common because we have a lot of things in common. I actually quite like savoury as well. I always like mixing sweet and savoury. You know that popcorn that's slightly sweet and slightly salty? I reckon that's a piece of genius. Do you like that? Well, I don't really eat popcorn either. Oh, my God. Okay, well, here we go. Let's go back to the things we do have in common. We're both actors? Yeah. right. We both come from very close, loving, supportive families. I've got to say, when I first saw you on Love on the Spectrum, that was the first thing that really stood out was how incredibly amazing and loving your family is. Thank you. And I really really resonated with that because I'm very fortunate to come from a very loving family too. Um, it, It gives us such a huge start in our life, I think, when we have that kind of support behind us, don't you think? Yeah, I would agree with you that we do. You're Mr. A plus at school. I was Mr. B minus. Um, so that's not <laughs> too close. But I am A positive. That's my blood type. So there you go. Very similar. And we both Impressive. think Justin, we both think Justine Clark may be the nicest person in the world. Yeah. I really adore her. She's really, really a gem, isn't she? And um it's uh it was great to hear your interview. Uh, with Justine, and even your interview with Claudia Carvin, who I know quite well, and I actually learnt so much about her relationship with Justine through that interview you did with Claudia as well. It was great. It, yeah, it's very. I love your show so much, mate. It's so, it's so informative, um, and so enjoyable, and just kind of like, and it, and it's you to a T, isn't it? It's honest, it's genuine, and you know, it it pulls no punches. And but what you see is what you get.
0: Indeed. In fact, um, I've also seen The Time of Our Lives. Oh, great, great! And what did you think? I actually found found it to be quite enjoyable for a drama series. Yeah, yeah, it is. Although I do have to admit that I did have couldn't help but feel sympathy for your for your character Herb. Yeah,
1: so it was an interesting one, Herb, because he was kind of, he'd been raised, I guess, it's interesting that we talk about being so fortunate to be raised with loving, supportive families, because
0: uh, unfortunately, my character Herb certainly wasn't raised like that, was he? You he lo- know, he had a loser father who was never there for him. Yeah. And he had an alcoholic mother.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember, see, that that show, we did that about oh, 10,
0: 11 years ago. It was actually 2013
1: to 2014. Oh, was it? Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. So that's, yeah, around about 10 years ago. Yeah. So so um, uh, I remember that line that um when his mother, his alcoholic mother comes back and she asks him, you know, what did you know about your father? And poor old Herb says he rode a motorbike and he was in the army. And that's all he knows, you know, about his father. And it's interesting to kind of see to, to be able to play that character, um, yeah. that character that I have, I guess, so little in common with in that regard. But to be able to explore that is part of the joy of of what we do as actors. You know, I,
0: I really, I really enjoyed playing that role. Yeah, it was actually quite a, a really lovely series. But I also have to know mention that I found that one of the actors passed away two months ago.
1: One of the actors passed away,
0: Tony Barry.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Well, he played oh, the patriarch. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah. It, it was because of skin the skin cancer that he had.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I, I um, I, I just did a show last year down in Tasmania, in which he was he played. Uh, it was in ABC's Bay of Fires. I didn't actually get to get to work with him, but I heard he was on it, and we were trying to catch up with each other. I'm so Sorry to hear that. I can't. I can't believe I didn't hear about that. He's a lovely guy. Oh god, yeah. what a lovely guy. He
0: he would have been. Oh man. And in fact, um, when I um, interviewed Claudia Carvin hmm. in, in September, when we got when we hugged each other, it was like getting a hug from my mother.
1: <laughs> That's. You know what? You know what? That's the thing about Claudia, dude. She. She just like you. She's the real deal. She gives you a hug. She's gonna hug all of you. She's gonna she's gonna give you every little
0: yeah.
1: bit of her love and her respect and and she she is a very very generous human being. Um, and anyone who comes into contact yeah. with her feels feels loved. And um, you know and and also she's so incredibly talented. Uh, that's that's what I love about people like Justine and Shane as well. They they are very important people to have in an industry like ours Michael where where a lot of people you know the the ego can sometimes get away from people it's great to see Mm. people like that who are so successful so talented but so genuinely down to earth it's it should be an inspiration to a lot of other
0: people it Uh, should be yes in fact Shane is one of the loveliest men I've ever met.
1: It's I I'm a bit suspicious. I reckon I'm gonna scratch that surface and I'm gonna find something about I if I do find anything about him, Michael, you'll be the first to know. Because I've I been do? Fri- I've been friends with him for 15 years, and I'm yet to see anything short of him being a lovely, lovely human being. Yeah. It's a, did you see him in hairspray by any chance? I haven't. He is exceptionally good I highly recommend it I think it might be playing in Sydney at the moment oh maybe I
0: have seen ladies in black
1: oh yeah oh like he's fantastic I mean he's great in everything he does and it's funny hanging out with him he's done all this incredible work and the poor bugger every single time we go out we might go and get a beer together every single time there'll be 12 people walk past and yell out Kenny it's kind of – So that's you know, all they kn- know him by? <laughs> no, I think they, they know him from a lot of other things. But I think because he burst on the scene with that incredible performance and that in, that amazing film,
0: I think it's sort of that thing that people, you know, remember him for, I guess. Just like how people still remember me as Michael from Love on the Spectrum. A
1: hundred percent. And I get – most days when I walk down the street, I get asked, someone asks me, have I dug a hole today from my character Dale Kerrigan from the castle? I think – but I think, do you know what? Michael, I was thinking about this. If you think about Shane from Kenny, you from Love on the Spectrum, and 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 me in the Castle, we were very lucky to be in shows that were really well made, fantastic shows that really resonated with people. And do you find that most people who come up to you are very positive? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, that's almost invariably. Occasionally, you get a drunk person who thinks they're a bit funnier than they actually are, but. On the whole, honestly, it is something. It's such a joy to be able to be lucky enough to be in something that means something to people, that and that they remember, you know. And I, I, you know, I think that's yeah. um, that's a real, that's a real uh, treat,
0: you know. It's a real gift. It, it is quite an honor, and also because Love on the Spectrum is on Netflix, I have a lot of fans from around the world.
1: Yeah, it was so funny. You know what? I listened to the episode uh, that you did with the marine biologist. What was her oh, name? Oh, you mean Megan? Yeah. Megan. And I've got to ask you first before, did you get a shark named after you? Uh, Not yet. Oh, dude. When I heard that, I was thinking that is proper bucket list stuff. It is? Do you know that you reckon? You have a great white shark named after you by a marine biologist in the States. It's kind of like, oh, my God, that would be pretty
0: sweet. I suppose it would
1: be but i loved i love what i love sorry i got off track there but I, what i loved was when she when she opened the conversation she was talking about how her and her family are such huge fans of yours and and it was a reminder of the reach of that show you know that show has appealed to so many people and made given joy to so many people around the world you i mean how does that feel is it a, is it
0: is it is it still a thrill Do you
1: how how do you feel about that
0: I, I, I feel very proud and honored you that should. it's touched so many people yeah and so many people see me as a inspiration and as a yep legend
1: that, <laughs> that's how I see you mate that's how I see it but that's the thing this is what I'm talking about genuine the genuine article Michael you know it's it's I like people who don't muck around with too much subtext don't who don't leave you guessing what they actually mean it, it's 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 happened so often that you have to read between the lines on what people are saying. And I reckon certainly this is, I'm only speaking from my perspective from when I saw you on that show. I just realized that here's a guy who tells it like it is, who is the genuine article um, and who is the, also the product of a really great family, a really great supportive family, but um, you are eminently watchable, mate. You, it's, it's, you, I can't take my eyes off you when, when I watch that show. Oh, like
0: I always say, truth is always quicker, Stephen.
1: Oh, dude, we could save so much time. Just tell the truth, everybody. Tell the truth. Apart from, yes. apart from if you're on a date and, you know, I don't know, the, the, the person that you're dating is wearing a top that, that you don't like or something, I reckon that's the only time that we don't tell the truth. <laughs> what are they? White lies. White lies are good. White lies. Mm. You know that thing because my sons, I've got ten, a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old son and they were asking me, what's the difference between a lie and a white lie? I said, a lie is something that you tell to help yourself and a white lie is something that you tell to help someone else. Yeah, that does sound pretty accurate. Yeah, they nodded. I mean, they're only 10 and 8, so they think I know more than them at the moment, but that's not going to last. Well, they're still kids. They're still learning. They have got
0: their whole yeah. lives to know what's going on in life.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. They are, and um, it's interesting. My my older son Arlo has um, has just been um, diagnosed on the on the spectrum disorder and and um, a, a autism spectrum disorder, and it's interesting to kind of. Um, He's such a generous kid, and he's and and he and he as well has always been very honest and straight down the line, you know. And and that's what I kind of mm. that's what I, I I love about Arlo. He's he's quite literal. He ta- and, and he he's still got a really good sense of humour. Um, but uh yeah, he's mm. he's also a very very genuine and very he's like an open book. And and I love him, you know. I love him so much. He's, he brings so much light into our life and. Very proud of both my boys. Very similar to me. Well, look, I, re- I reckon there are a lot of similarities, mate. And if he can turn out anything like you, I'll be a very, very happy dad. In fact, we have more things in common. We we have the same agent. The same agent. That's right, Catherine. She is. I've been with. I've been with Catherine. How about this? I've been with my wife for twenty three years. I've been with Catherine for three weeks longer than I've known my wife. Wow, that's weird, isn't it? But she's amazing, dude. She is amazing. There are people. This is this is I was saying before about in this industry. Sometimes there can be people who I don't know might get a bit big on themselves or might be in it for the wrong reasons. Sometimes, and it's not too much. Yeah. I think they get weeded out, and those people are everywhere. And they're in every industry probably. But um, Catherine is one of those people. She is she is such a good human, and she's about personality first, and she's about loyalty. And yeah. she's about doing the right thing by by everyone, you know. And she, the, the, yeah, she hold on to her mate because um, she's she's an absolute absolute gem. I I intend to hold on to her. Yep, yep. How is the acting going? So speaking of um, of, of being in, in the agency, is it? Have are you still doing your courses?
0: Yeah, I'm still still doing them, but um, yep. I've only done beginners and intermediate at Screenwise.
1: Oh, okay, right. So you were saying that I heard you mentioned that your next course was either going to be the advanced or the is it the screen testing? Was that what it was? Screen testing. Was that what was that what what's the next what's the next uh step in the course? You said there was an advanced course. Yeah, there is.
0: But yep. then there's also the showreel course. But showreel course, me, sorry. I, yep. I don't think it would be necessary for me because I already have an agent and because hmm. There's, I've got other things with acting in the pipeline. Great. I'll be able to have enough footage to put together a showreel. Yeah, fantastic. Well, that's kind of what you need, isn't it, to be able to show mm. a
1: range. Because I know from listening to your show a lot, I know that you that you love comedy first and foremost, but you also love yes. drama. Yes. And what is it? You don't like thriller, horror. Slasher. and Slasher. Yeah, time. and right. So, yeah. so I I reckon that you, you're on the right track there, man. If you can if you can find a few different characters to be able to put together to show that range that, that you've got, mate, you um
0: the world's your oyster. In fact, I actually look at a lot of um, Ameri- American f- shows um for yep. inspiration for comedy. Mm-hmm. It's and it's because um I've noticed that with Australian comedies, Australia needs to do better.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? It's um. I sometimes wonder how, you know, the, the, the process for actually actually um, commissioning things, it seems to be a little bit out. I, I'm with you, mate. I think sometimes we can make these really incredible shows and I would love to see us get that sort of more consistency going.
0: Of course. Last year I was watching the, the whole first season of that show f- called mm. Fisk. Oh, Fisk, yeah, yep. I couldn't even get a laugh out of that. Yeah, right. Okay. Because okay. even with comedies like that, they still have elements of drama. They do, they
1: do. But I think though sometimes, Michael, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes in a comedy I I will laugh more if I feel that the person, that the that the characters are real characters, you know what I mean? I think sometimes the drama is a necessary part of the comedy in, in some ways. I mean, not if it's a slapstick comedy or, you know, but even something like Mr. Bean. Do you like Mr. Bean? Not really a f- f- fan of Mr. Oh, okay. Bean. Okay, right. But I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people like Mr. Bean and think Mr. Bean is really funny. My kids really think he's funny, but actually, also Mr. Bean has a lot of that word pathos. You know, I guess there's a sort of an element of sadness. There's a, there's an element of mm-hmm. of of you know the opposite of the opposite of what you're laughing at when he's falling over or. or I don't know, crashing his car, yeah. but he's he, you know. I think I think that pathos thing I think can sometimes really help
0: the comedy. Mm, of course, but also I also have to say that I can't really un- grasp the concept of Melbourne humour.
1: <laughs> how does tell because
0: me- my sense of humour is pretty yeah.
1: dry. Yeah, it is. I like it though. I I really like your sense of humour. So tell me, how does Melbourne humour differentiate from your sense of humour?
0: Well, Melbourne humour is is. It's kind of um, sarcastic humour, I think. Yep. What do they call sarcasm? The lowest form of wit.
1: And I agree with that. You know, I think it's it's the easiest cop out. It's like if I don't, if I'm feeling intimidated or if I'm feeling a bit kind of, I don't know, uh, uh, what is it? What's that word sort of? Uh, if I'm feeling a bit superior to someone, I just put them down, and that's comedy. I don't. I I, I really agree that sarcasm is the lowest form of wit. It's lazy, oh, and yes. and I think it can be a little bit mean. And um, you know, there's mm. that thing, there's that thing that we talk about um in acting and in improvisation, which is yes and, you know, which is basically if you say an idea. I go with that idea, and I give you something back, just like this exchange we're having now, right? But I think sarcasm is the opposite of that. A sarcasm shuts yeah. it, shuts things down and closes things off, and I'm I couldn't agree with you more. That's what she said. <laughs> See, that's it. That's Michael Theo. Right, right there. You wouldn't hear that in Melbourne.
0: I also have a bit of a talent for improvisation as well. What's also a big bummer is that L.A. and Chicago and New York are full of improvisation schools, mm. but we have yeah. none of those here.
1: No, that's odd, isn't it? There, there are sort of impro groups, I guess, here. Um, uh, that's, really, that's really true because, you know what, you, you're never more in the moment than when you are put on the spot in an improvisational sense. Yeah. Why is that? I don't yeah. know. It might be a way to numbers thing. It might be just that there are so many more people over there to be able to justify having the schools for it. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it would be great for people with, yeah. with, you know, like you with a with an interest in improvisation and a talent for improvisation to be able to have that kind of outlet. Yeah,
0: of course. I have some co- a few questions I'd like to ask you. Yes, um, please. As you mentioned. One of your famous roles was playing Dale Kerrigan in the Mm. iconic Australian film called The Castle. Yep. How do you feel looking back on that role from 26 years ago?
1: Wow.
0: I Honestly,
1: mate, I just feel blessed. I I was – so I started – I got my first agent when I was 13 and I had spent seven years kind of in the wilderness a little bit. I was, you know, I was at school and so I was kind of – pretending to focus on that, but I always, always knew, and I get the impression this might be the same with you, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. So I was kind of treading water a bit. I'd done a few commercials. I'd done a few guest roles in things, and I did a terrible sitcom in 1992 called Late for School. Don't look for it on YouTube. It's probably not even there. But then in 1996, this script for The Castle came it came, just basically, effectively, metaphorically, fell in my lap, and literally, kind of fell in my lap because I lost grip of it, and it fell in my lap. But um, and I suddenly found out that it was my heroes making it. You know, I'd been I'd been watching the Degeneration since I was a little kid. I was a huge fan of the Degeneration show. I was a huge fan of the Late Show. I was just a massive, massive fan of their comedy. And um, all of a sudden, there I was, just on set. With my heroes, and it was it was it was the luckiest, most serendipitous moment of my life because, you know, without that, without that sort of chance offer, and I was the only person that they offered the role to for some reason because they saw me in an ad. That's what it was. They saw Jane Kennedy saw me in a commercial. And she went, that guy looks like he 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 might be good to play Dale Kerrigan. And they auditioned me, but I was the only one they auditioned, and I had the role. And, yeah, honestly, mate, um, sorry, long story long to your beautiful and concise question, I feel extremely blessed and honoured, very conscious of the fact that without Working Dog, I most possibly would not even be talking to you here today because it put me into a a, a really really great position in my career. Seems like it was an
0: honour that you couldn't pass over.
1: Oh, I think I would have been mad to pass it up. Um, I I think, you know what, the only thing that would have stopped me passing it up is a fear of failure. I'm not an an overly anxious person, but I have been struck, as all of us have over the years, with this overarching fear of failing, and I Mm -hmm. had a... I don't know, mate. A little voice I think inside me just going, Don't pass this opportunity up. You know? I mm. think it's I think it's really important. And in our game, Michael, too, opportunities don't come by actually that often. You know, I think I think mm. there is a real importance and Shane Jacobson is a really great exponent of this, is taking an opportunity, repaying the person that gives you that opportunity but ultimately backing yourself to be able to do the job. There's a reason why they're coming to you and it's because Mm. they think you can do it. I don't think there's anything to be gained in
0: not believing that you can do it. If somebody ever asked me, how did you know that that you could be a great comic actor? I would just Mm. simply say, I just always believed that I could do it. Yeah, you have a great stillness about you. You have a, there
1: is, as you mentioned before, your dry sense of humour I think will get you a very, very long way in a a comedy sense in your career. Really? Well, I think a lot of people make the mistake of doing too much, you know, being too busy. And, And if you're Jim Carrey, great, that's fantastic. But there are a lot of people who try to be Jim Carrey who aren't Jim Carrey, right? But actually, I think there is a real power and even a comedic power in stillness and in... Uh, directness and that you know that as you say you add that to your dry sense of humor I'd love to work with you
0: one day I rec- I've got a feeling we're going to work together one day actually I was going also going to mention that I am kind of hoping to work with you on something as well yeah I reckon that's what we do
1: there's people that you like you know people that you see in this in this world and there's people that sometimes you come across yeah. and you kind of go hmm okay that's intriguing to me and I think we could have we could have some fun I think I think we're going to work together one day. Well, there's
0: six people from six people from Australia they already want to work with. Okay, can I have a guess? You, Shane, Justine, Claudia,
1: yep, Keith Flanagan please. and Porter. How did you know? Ah, uh, dude, I'm reading your mind right here. I'm re- I'm reading your mind. Nah, I've been listening to a lot of your show, mate, and I've, I'm abs- I am I, I mean this, and I've realized that you've done something like 55 episodes. <laughs> I have to be honest. I've done and, over sixty now. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm not that much of a fangirl because I was going to say I think I've listened to them all, so there must be five. <laughs> must be five I haven't heard. But uh, I, um, wow, yeah, I'm fangirling on you. Every one of your episodes, I love the little tangents that they go on. That's yeah, that's course. where it's at, man. That's that's where it's at. I love it, and and
0: and just yeah. you you keep that up because it's well it's 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 because with this with this podcast i don't want it to be politically correct because something shouldn't be great and and because as a host i like to um behave in a professional manner but i also would like to um engage in a bit of fun with my with the person i interview because i don't want it to be like an interrogation or a job interview (laughs) because that's intimidating
1: yeah it is because it is (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, that's I've right. also made a desi- desire to have this podcast to be a space where where choices and opinions of all kinds are welcome, amazing for, and free without without fear of being judged in any way mate and that comes across and as in my position right now
1: being on this podcast as we speak i'm feeling every little bit of that and i feel so comfortable and i know that this is what i've been loving about listening to your show i was as i was saying to you off air before i was listening to a few i thought i better listen to a few of his episodes thinking oh yeah cool i'll just listen to a few (laughs) i'm now 55 in and every single one of your of your subjects, I guess, or one of your, your guests, you can see, you know, they come from all walks of life and there are all levels of, you know, experience and confidence and all that sort of stuff. And you disarm and make every single
0: one of them so comfortable. And it's, it's a ripper. It's a ripper. But the reason why I mentioned a few times that, that I desire to work with Susie Paul is because I first watched, first found out about her ever since I watched Lay's in Black and. Oh Yeah. Yep. Her performance kinda of reminded me of my mother.
1: <laughs> In what way? In what
0: way? What were the what were the qualities? A very warm, motherly character that, Great. that is devoted to her husband and loves her kids to a fault. Oh my god, your mum's gonna be loving hearing that. Um I also wanted to ask you, shall we do an improvisation together? ha! <laughs> Let's go. Brilliant. Okay. How about you start?
1: How about I start? okay, so okay, so the thing about improvisation, as you know, is you need to sort of find a you need to find a setting. maybe we could find a character each,
0: right? Okay. how about it's set in a bar okay,
1: great great how about how about I'm the barman, right? Yep. and you're you've come to the bar and you want to drink, but you don't want to pay for it. okay okay. okay. Here we go. Sounds interesting. You ready to go? Yeah. Do, do, do you have to do any breathing exercises or spinal rolls before you get into this? Nope. No, neither, neither do I. That's for actors. Nope. I'm a pretender. All right, here we go. Um, I'm the barman. <coughs> you, you've walked into the bar. All right. here we go. Yeah. G'day, mate. Uh, what can I get you? One shot of whiskey, please. One shot of whiskey coming up. Okay. Been a big day, has it? Thanks. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, there you go. All right. There is one shot of whiskey. That will be nine dollars. Nine dollars mm-hmm. on the on the on on your website. It costs five dollars for a shot. Uh, that's the old website. I'm so sorry. We, we Charlie, Charlie. I said change that website. Sorry, Charlie. I, I'm thinking of sacking him. Um, listen, uh, yeah. Sorry about the old website, but uh, yeah. Hey, nine bucks is nine bucks. So if you wouldn't mind uh, tapping right here. Uh, Um, so that's a library card. Oh. Yeah. If you, just that credit card in the, no, no, that's a Mikey card. That's, that's for trams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just the credit card there. So you're not. Are you sure it's $9? I'm pretty sure. You're not actually, you've just put your wallet back in your pocket. I'm just, it doesn't seem like you, um, you just drank. No, but I'm just going to drink it anyway. You just drank it. That's the thing. It's finished. It's in your tummy, and I can't really get it out. Um, Darren, can we get whiskey out of tummies? No, Darren reckons we can't do that. It would contravene OHS. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, all right. So, just how about this? How about either you pay, or I just quickly call the cops? All right. Fine. What are you saying? What are you saying? Selling for cash? Uh yeah, yeah, cash is great. Cash is king, as they say. Yep. Right, that's here's a, a ten. Keep the a, keep the dollar. That's a piece of paper that says I owe you ten dollars. Oh it's an IOU. Yeah, that's not money. Just so you know. Oh, you're the police. Okay, he's just pulled out a badge. Uh sir, I'm so sorry. It turns out it is free. Um and um uh would you like another? Yes, I would. And scene. Oh, come on, Michael. That's like off the top of our head. If we spent literally five more minutes on that, we could have a hilarious comedy sketch. That was fun. Of course of course um, <laughs> improvisation is fun. I just That's come up much. with those lines just like that. That's incredible. Do you know I um I did that show, Thank God You're Here. A couple of episodes of that show, Thank God You're Here. Do you remember that show? I so it was remember. basically, it was a, like an improvisation show and it was working dog, the same people who made the castle and the Degeneration generation and stuff. And so what they would do is they would get each episode, they would get four people, you know, you might be actors, comedians or whatever. And they would come in and there'd be a group of people that would have scenarios that you don't even know what you're going into. They're filming it. It's like a sitcom. Each of these scenes is like a sitcom, right? Yeah. And all of, the, all of the troop, their regular troop, they know what they're going to do. Like you might be walking into a, as we just did there, you might walk into a bar, you might be walking into a, an office and they are yeah. setting up a scenario and you don't know what you're walking into. It was so scary, right, because they've got an audience of about 500 people there and it's basically you're going, I don't know what I'm going to say here. And, and you know, there was a safety net because those, the the, the performers around it who knew their stuff, you know, would – if, if you had nothing to say, they could move on to the next bit or whatever, right? Yeah. But, but I'll, I'll tell you, the first time I did it, I was so scared, so nervous. And I got out there and it was one of those fight or flight things again too. It's like, oh, should I do this? What if I fail, right? Got out there and had the best time. And it was just kind of like, I don't know, I was sort of just, on and my jokes were kind of working and, and, and I had the best time and I finished that episode and I was walking on air, right? Wow. So, so they asked me back to do it again. And this time (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. And I, I walked in there kind of, not arrogantly, I'm not that kind of person, but, but I walked in there with this kind of confidence that I didn't have the first time going, I know how to do this. And I was terrible terrible right it well, just I I just dried up I just dried I had nothing I was sweating I was hot I was saying this weird stuff that wasn't making any sense well
0: like my father says practice makes perfect
1: a hundred percent but also kind of staying on your toes I think that thing about impro is about keeping that that nervous energy in the air I think nerves are about Nerves are free energy, right? And nerves kind of show that you care. That's that's the way I see it anyway.
0: I believe we're on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment, which is a segment where the guest has the chance to ask me questions, anything at all. (laughs) I get to grill you. Okay. um,
1: You know what? I've got one. So you're an actor. It's what you've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. If you could play... Any character, right? And I'm not talking about a character it's already been on the screen. I'm talking about a type of character. What would it be? Some kind of um,
0: villain in, a, oh, in yes. an animated film. Yes. Or playing the son of Claudia or Susie or Justine.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's maybe something could... I long to do. Well, there you go. Maybe you could be a villain who happens to be the son of one of the nicest people in the world. There you go, skips a generation maybe. That's cool. Because I'll tell you one thing about a villain, the villain, right? I was always, I was always, for the first 15 years of my career, I was always cast as a bumbling nice guy, you know, who is kind of a bit funny, right? When they started giving me, I got a few more wrinkles and they
0: started casting me as a villain, I realised it's actually really fun. Back when I was in high school, I was looking for ways to cope with, with anger, and yep. one day the idea came. Oh, yeah? Just act out playing villains because it's a healthy way to channel your anger. Yes, 100%. That way no damage no damage is done, there are no injuries, no casualties, nobody mm. gets hurt, and mm. it's not at your expense either. No, that's right, and you've had
1: that catharsis of that creative outlet and you've, you've yeah. blown off that steam. You've released that little valve. Mate, there is such joy in creativity. And it doesn't matter what form that creativity takes. It is such an incredible way to do that, man. Yeah. I, I love
0: hearing that, Michael. That's, Thanks. that's great. Are you interested in all at keeping in touch?
1: 100% dude. Let's do that.
0: That's what I do with Shane. Sometimes yeah. we email each other and sometimes we send each other texts or even well, call. Great. How about
1: this? How about this? You're a man of the world. You, next time you're down our part of the world, next time you're, <clears throat> you're coming anywhere near Melbourne, this is what I'll do. You, me, Shane are going to catch up and we're going to have some fun and we're going to get creative together. Does that sound like something you want to do? Sounds,
0: sounds brilliant. Stephen, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast. I really ah. appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule to, to join me on an episode. Thank you, Michael. It's it was an, an absolute a delight. Joy. Honestly, I love it. I just,
1: I love, there's just nothing like having a genuine conversation with a genuine person, mate. So it's been a real, real delight to meet you. Thank you.